0: Love Talk Radio.
1: A special edition of Real Talk with Tanya White. This is the Secret Sunday edition, and we're talking about how to move from uh, a rocky marriage to building a marriage that rocks. And you've got to love Natalie Cole, our love, but love simply just doesn't keep marriages together. Not with the divorce rate seventy percent or more, I believe. Something has to keep that marriage together, and we're going to talk to two experts tonight, uh, marriage experts, who are going to enlighten us on what exactly. Keeps a marriage rocking instead of a marriage rocky So I'm so excited to be here tonight Just another disclosure, Tanya is still sick So uh, if I sound funny, please bear with me But I am still battling something But I am so excited about this show tonight I want to welcome everyone who is on the line in the chat room Uh, I'm going to be in and out But thank you Angel and the coach guest, the Wise VA. This is going to be a hot show And two uh, winners, lucky listeners we'll have the opportunity to win uh, a copy of Jewel Powell's book, Marriage 101, and uh, Dr. Harold Arnold's book, Marriage Rocks for Christian Couples. So stay tuned listen. We're going to, throughout the show, uh, tell you when you can call in and have that opportunity. So I'm just going to go right into the show tonight. Jewel has uh, been on the show before, but she's going to specifically talk about marriage uh, tonight and the things that plague marriages, the things that enhance marriages, money, sex, everything that comes with the marriage that some couples need help on. So we like to bring her on uh, tonight for the second time on Real Talk with Tanya White. We welcome her. Hello, Jewel. How are you? I'm great. How are you, Tanya? I am fantastic. And where are you calling from
2: tonight? I'm calling from home in Merlin. Is it cold up there
1: as it is here?
2: Actually, it was beautiful today, so we still have a lot of
1: snow on the ground, but it was a beautiful day. Well, good. Yes, it was sunshining, but it's going to get cold this week, so that's why probably I'm sick. The weather keeps going back and forth. So ready for spring. I don't know about you.
2: Uh, yes, I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, we're talking about moving from a rocky marriage to a marriage that rocks, and you are a marriage a uh, coach, correct? Correct. Now, tell us how you got started with uh, marriage coaching.
2: Well, I got started because I had a rocky marriage, and my husband and I separated. And I went to God and just said, teach me how to be a wife. What is it about the institution of marriage that I can't seem to get and most Christians can't seem to get? Mm -hmm. And so just, you know, wanted to hear from God and went through the scriptures and really went on a spiritual journey and got some answers. The Lord gave me eight biblical truths. I applied those to my marriage and my husband and I reconciled. So at Mm -hmm. the time when I was going through in my marriage, I thought I was the only one who was having problems in my marriage. Everybody else around me seemed to be so happy Mm. that I thought it was just me. And so um, the coaching came about because I know that people are having trouble in their marriages, and I want to be the one that just helps them, that you're not alone. So I'm like their coach. I'm just encouraging them to move forward because you can move from
1: rocky to the marriage that rocks. Yes, you can. I mean, the old folks, the generation before us did so, and I don't know what we're going to talk about that. I don't know what about the marriages today, but I want to go back to one thing that you said that I thought was so awesome. You said when you you and your husband separated, you went to God and said, teach me how to be a wife. Now, most women go to God and say, teach my husband how to treat me. So did you ever go through that phase, or uh, if not, why did you say, Lord, teach me how to be a wife instead of playing the blame game? Because that's what well, a lot of couples do. Well, actually, I did play the blame game
2: okay.
0: because
1: when I went to,
2: Lord, to the Lord that day, I said, what is it about the institution of marriage? And he said it was you. Okay. And I said, well, you can't possibly say it's me because I'm the one who was going to church, tithing, you know, going to conferences. And my husband was hanging out at clubs, smoking, drinking. So when he said me, mm-hmm. I'm like, that couldn't have been the Lord." But anytime time that you are going to God in prayer, he's going to reveal you. He's going to reveal everything towards you.
1: Yes, 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 he will. Yes, because we can't change people. We can change That's ourselves, right. and once we change ourselves, then we will see the circumstances change. Now, what, what are some issues that you think plague most marriages that are very rocky? Three, three main issues. Ooh, three main issues. Well, I, I think the three main
2: are, are across the board, which are sex and intimacy is one. The second one is communication. And the third one is probably finances. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's start with the money because <laughs> men, no, men and women have a different outlook uh, and, and, and philosophies about money. So what what are some things that couples come to you about right now Um
3: well, about the mainly,
1: Yeah.
2: Well, mainly because of what's going on, you know, with the economy right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people are having a lot of arguments about money, and I, what I tell people is that this is a season. And if you realize that, you know, marriages, marriage is, marriage is going to have a different seasons. So it's going to have its ups and downs. And so, if you just realize it's a season, and you come together in agreement about certain things, you can get through it. So, for example, my husband and I, during this season, we decided to sit down, look at all of our bills, decide which ones we really need, which things we didn't need. We cut over $2,000 mm-hmm. in just looking at our bills. and I mean, just calling up, you know, someone and cutting off security, and they're like, oh, they took us from $60 to $20 a month, just from mm-hmm. saying, I want to cut this. And they say, why? Economy, okay, we'll take it to 20, you know, mm-hmm. just different things. And so, and then we decided to just come into agreement about our spending. You know, we can't spend the way we used to. And just, I mean, you have to just come into agreement. And the, and the problem is you have to communicate. You
1: have to. you have to communicate. You have to sit down and do this thing together. Now, define communication as opposed to talking, because I think a lot of couples are just talking. Right. When
2: you're talking, you're just talking. That means you're not listening. There's nothing else going on. Communication is much more than talking. Communication is body language. It's um, listening. It's holding hands, you know, just being intimate with one and spending time together. It's a whole lot to do with communication because you can communicate um, in different ways, but talking is just... It's just you're throwing a whole bunch of words out, and and it's not really going anywhere. So Mm -hmm. you don't want to talk to
1: one another. You want to actually communicate with one another. Communicate. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Jewel Powell, author of Marriage 101. She is a marriage coach. Please call 347-215-6446. Press the number one to share your story. If you have a question or comment for Jewel, Please call. Don't be ashamed because this could be your first step to healing your rocky marriage if you have one or helping somebody by sharing your story if you're uh, in a marriage that rocks. Now, let me go to this wonderful book, uh, Marriage 101, and somebody will have a chance to win tonight if you call 347-215-6446. Now, in this, uh, you start out with the introduction a uh, Sleeping Beauty Parable. Describe mm-hmm. that, because as, I know what you mean as a woman. We, we live in a lot of fairy tales and go into our minds as a, a lot of characters that we grew up with. So explain that. Well, actually,
2: it was something that I thought was um, cute and that I kind of did on my own.
3: Mm-hmm. And it wasn't
2: until the book came out last year that God really revealed to me what it was all about.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: basically, you know, when God spoke and when Jesus spoke, he spoke in parables. Mm -hmm. And so he did it because he said, those who have an ear to hear, let them hear. There was hidden secret messages within the message. So Mm -hmm. Marriage 101, it really is a hidden message within a message. Most people think it's about marriage. Mm -hmm. And it is because marriage is really a training ground. But the hidden secret is the fact that God is really getting us to a place of godliness. And so when I started the transformation into godliness, into holiness, That made me a better Christian, which in turn made me a better wife, made me a better mother. And so that's where we're trying to get to. We're trying to get to being better Christians, and that's where the whole parable thing comes in. God is really speaking to us through that book. Yes, yes.
1: Now, you talk about the the enemy comes to devour, and I think it is so relevant at this time with uh, the marriage uh, divorce rate, as high as they are, uh, have ever been in society, mm-hmm. and uh, if you are a Christian and you're spiritual, you have to know that it is a, a strategic uh, attack from the enemy on marriages. Can you explain that? Because I think you go into depth in this, the enemy uh, who seeks to devour.
2: Yes, there is an enemy, and it is not our spouses. <laughs> Yes yes. spouses no. may be used by the enemy, but our spouses are not our enemies, and so we have to realize that anything that deals with God and the purpose you know God created marriage and when god when Adam and Eve came into being the first married couple,
4: immediately
2: the enemy came to to still kill and destroy that relationship and he he was successful in that um yeah. So the same thing has happened. His M.O. is the same. He comes immediately to steal, kill, and destroy. And we so think that it's our spouses that we're fighting against, but it is not, the Bible says it is not flesh and blood, but it is against principalities and high places and rulers of darkness.
1: And usually, and I just talked about this at a talk I gave yesterday, too, about it's usually when the enemy comes, he comes through the woman, because we are more at, we're, we're more trusting uh to, to allow him to come in and create that doubt and create that division. Uh, and then we don't know exactly what happened until it's later on and things are really bad. So as women, as wives, we really have to be prayed up. We have to cover our husband, our households, ourselves, and ask the Lord to really, like you, like you asked the Lord, teach us how to be wives if you just join real talk with Tanya White, we're talking to Jewel Powell. Uh please give us a call at three four seven two one five six four four six. Now, what advice would you give to engaged couples right now? Couples who are dating and uh they really don't have a grasp about what marriage really entails. And they're just thinking about Well my advice to them would be listen to
2: people who have been there, done that. I think that um You know, when you're in the engaged state, you really don't have a clue because you're in la-la land and your perception is totally different. So you're looking at all the good things, even though that there may be some bad things there you, you're you blinded by that. You're only looking at the good things. But the sad part that happens, and I don't know why I'm still trying to figure that out so I can bottle it and sell it, but once you get married, your perception changes. You look at all the bad things <laughs> instead of the good things. And so for people who are engaged, my thing would be to definitely get some counseling before you get, oh, please, 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 get counseling beforehand And just, you know, with the finances, for example, when my husband and I, um, before we got married, we were counseled for three months, and the one thing that the guy did that was excellent, he made us do a list of all of our bills separately, and Mm -hmm. then he made us do them together. And if you were in the black, then you were good. He would marry you. If you were in the red and you had so much debt, he made you pay off stuff first and get into the black before he married you. And wow. I think that's key because you're already going to have problems when it comes to finances anyway, but you don't have to go into your marriage with those problems. So I thought that was pretty good too.
1: That is leaders that we need and we don't have right now mm-hmm. because there are a lot of people just marrying people. I want to go back to what you said about, of being blinded during the engagement phase and then once the wedding the marriage takes place then everything. I, I I firmly believe that when when you're engaged and you're planning the wedding and it comes up to the wedding day, all the attention is on you uh and your your groom, especially for women. We want all the uh the accolades, the presents and we've been groomed to be brides from the time we were in the birth canal. But once right. the wedding is over, nobody told us really how to be a wife. So uh so I think that's where some of the things come in. We we are we close our eyes to certain major issues while we're planning the wedding and then once it's over, sometimes on the honeymoon couples can't get along uh
3: mm-hmm.
1: during the reception. So I think it is um, it is very key, especially for those around um during the planning stages of a wedding, you really need some wise counsel and mm-hmm. and, and people walking you through it and that's why you need to get marriage one on one. Uh, I don't care how long you've been married. This book will help you. Now let's talk about the S word, sex and marriage. <laughs> uh, especially for Christian Christian wives, sometimes after you know the first couple of years, sex is out the window. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, so how what what role does sex play in marriage? Uh, is it just a beginning thing? Is it something to do? What what is what is the role of sex? with
3: marriage?
1: I mean, it's it's
2: key. I mean, it's key. It's, it's the reason, it, it's actually for marriage. It was not for anything else mm-hmm. but for marriage. And so, we've twisted that. This world has twisted with, with so pure and honorable before God and marriage has just made a mockery of it. And, and, and then, in the marriage, it's dirty or it's not, you know, whatever you want to, it's just not the same. And so, sex plays a big part, but I think what plays even a bigger part is intimacy. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And that's really, I think, the part that's missing, because most of us probably just have sex, Mm
3: -hmm. but
2: there's really no intimacy in our relationship. And they're two different things. They're not the same. And so we don't want to make, and for women, I think, you know, my husband, you know, was talking about it on a show the other day, that this man came on and he said, Well well women, you know, want the uh want the love up front to get sex and men want the sex in order to get love or something like that. And he said, I'm tired of men saying that that men need affection, too. He's like, I don't go to my wife just when I touch her, it's time for sex. He says, I touch her because I want to relate to her. I want to be, you know, I want to have this intimate tie to her. I don't just, and so for us, we think that every time they touch us, us like, oh, God, here we go again. It's like a chore to us, when in actuality, it's just that they want to touch us. They want us to hug them. They want us to love them. So we have to stop you know, thinking what the world has said to us about that and really come into a thing where we're learning how to be more intimate with one another.
1: Yes, because it goes back to how we were raised. As girls, sex was dirty. You better not do it until you get married. And then after you get married, once again, nobody talked about it because it was between you and your husband. So I think it's a big issue. Now, talking about intimacy, what are some barriers to intimacy? Because sometimes uh, we don't even think about there could be walls up that we put up in our marriage to prohibit intimacy. Yeah, I think what prohibits it is, is that people don't understand it. Mm -hmm.
2: because and if they've never had I mean say I'm just going to use my life for example I'm not a very affectionate person why because I didn't have parents and I have parents who loved me deeply and you knew that they loved you because they worked hard and you had everything you wanted in life but they weren't that hugging and I love you and you know so I don't I'm not that type of affectionate person so you know, my husband needs that from me, and since I didn't have it to give and I didn't know about it, I'm actually learning how to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And so, you know, we, we, I force myself, <laughs> and when I say force, it's not because I don't love my husband. It's just because that wasn't a part of who I was, mm-hmm. but it's what I want to be for him because that's what he needs, and that's what our marriage needs. So I think, you know, people just don't know about intimacy. They don't know that they're supposed to, you know, spend some time together. We get into the habit of when we see each other in the morning, good morning, when you leave out the door, you give them a peck. When they come home, you give them a peck. I mean, we pecking our spouses to death. But are we really passionate? We did all the passionate kissing and the romantic stuff before we got married. But it's like then after you get married, it's like, okay, well, I'm married now.
1: I don't have to do it
2: the same I stuff you to. did beforehand
1: you've
3: got to do it now
1: Mhm. yes yes it's, and you should want to do it even more because uh after you're married that shows that uh you are willing to be committed for life uh, absolutely and i just think marriage is a whole it, it, it's a it, it is a lot of work and i don't think that we as a society are really uh hammering that home um uh, mm-hmm. we we've Taking the easy road out—that's why divorce is so high. Um, And so I'm I'm praying. Do you think it will come back full circle? um, I think it will because
2: I I, I think it will because Harold and I (laughs) Mm -hmm. are going to do whatever we have to do. We have. You know, I thank God for, you know, Michelle Obama and, and, and President Obama and Bill Cosby and his wife. I mean, you have those celebrity people who are, you know, having great marriages in the African-American community, but you also people have people like myself and my husband and Harold and his wife who are just average, everyday people who mm-hmm. are successful in their marriages, and that gives people hope, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to give people hope.
1: Now you just had an event yesterday, correct? I sure did. Let's talk about that and see how uh, people can get that information to that city. Oh my goodness,
2: we had such an awesome time. I just oh, I, it's you know what. Right now in my community, I live in the Maryland area, Southern Maryland area, and my husband and I have decided that every month we were going to hold free events for the community. So we're every third Friday. We're having a free um, event, and it's going to be different things. One month it may be like next month we're going to do. Why did I get married? You're going to um, look at the movie, and we'll have fellowship and talk about that movie because the next one is coming out in a couple of weeks.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: then the next month maybe you know we read a book and we talk about what we learned from it. It'll just be different things every month, but that's what we want to do for our community.
1: Wow, wow! See. Free information if you're in the Maryland area, anywhere near it. And you say it's on the uh, third Friday? Third Friday of every
2: month from 7 to 9 p.m.
1: Wow. Now give us your contact information, Jewel. You've been wonderful. And our time is oh, going. Thank
2: you. Um, it's marriage101.us. Marriage101. Marriage
1: now, now, outside of this wonderful book, what other services do you offer uh, couples or even uh, singles who are positioning themselves? to be wives. oh yes
2: well I, I love the singles <laughs> mm-hmm. I love those who are positioning themselves because you're at a good place if that's what you're trying to do to prepare yourself to be a wife so we are we love turning brides into wives,
3: mm-hmm. and
2: so we have the again these um, curriculums that are coming out the the monthly the free monthly event we have a premarital curriculum that um, will be out probably next month um we have a marriage enrichment curriculum for the churches this is the first african-american curriculum um that i know of um out there and so um we have you know a lot of stuff going on i got the mini books we have the marriage one-on-one mini series and in that series you've got sex and intimacy communication finance and parenting which are the main issues in marriages and so we're just out here just to help people in their marriages and in their families. We want to build strong families because strong families build strong communities and churches, and we can change the world that way.
1: That's exactly how we change the world. Exactly. We begin with our, our families. Strong families build strong worlds. I'm a, uh, I've am been saying that for years. Now let's close on this wonderful inscription that you uh, wrote in uh, this free complimentary book, and we hope somebody's going to call. We're going to put it on Facebook. But you said a happily ever after exists when we live by faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well,
2: basically, um, again, because I was a Christian and I've been a Christian since I was five years old, when I had troubles in my marriage and when I was separated, I went to God because who is the creator of marriage? Mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. So you don't go to, you know, a, a GE toaster to look for how to, you mm-hmm. know, a car, you go to the creator. And so I went to the creator and I said, what is it? Teach me. And he gave me the eight biblical truths. And so those are the things that we, I mean, by faith, the word of God, the word of God is how we build successful marriages. He said that I have given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. Everything that you need is in the B-I-B-L-E.
3: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: where I
1: went and that's where you should go to.
2: <laughs> yes,
3: yes.
1: Yes, wonderful, wonderful. This book is a tool for couples, men and women, who really want their marriage to work, building a life together by faith. Marriage One On One, Miss Jewel R uh, Powell. Tell us, if, are you on Facebook or I can't think of any uh, MySpace, Twitter, my- Twitter, MySpace. Mm-hmm. I have
2: it. I have it all. If you go to, and I have a special site um, for the on the Ning site, Marriage 101ning dot Ning as well. But if you go to my website. Uh, Marriage101101.us. All the social networks is right there, and you can click on them, and it'll take you right directly to all my social networks.
1: Wow. You continue, you and your husband continue to build those strong marriages because we need a stronger world. We thank you so much for being on Real Talk with Tanya White once again, and we're going to follow up with you later, okay? Right. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you. You have a great Bye-bye. week. Bye bye. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, there was Jewel Powell. She gave some great nuggets of wisdom uh, for building uh, a marriage by faith. If you re- want this book, she has been so gracious to donate a copy of her book, Marriage 101 Building a Life Together by Faith. Call 347 215 6446. Press the number one. Say, Tanya, I need that book. And we will uh, ship it right out to you no strings attached, uh, this is a great tool. And if you really want your marriage to work, there are so many things that come against marriages, that come against uh, uh, man and woman. We really want you to live your best life as man and wife. Uh, And so that is why we're doing this show, How to Move from a Rocky Marriage to a Marriage That Rocks. And so we're going to be set to uh, talk to our next guest, Dr. Harold Arnold. He holds a PhD in social and organizational psychology and a master's in marriage and family therapy. He is the president and founder of Discovering Family International, an organization that promotes the uh, virtues and values of family life. Dr. Harold is also the creator of Relationship Rocks Model, a program for building equity in personal relationships. A member of the American Association of Christian Counselors and a Black. African-American Christian Counselors, Dr. Harold serves as a minister and counselor for a large multicultural church in Philadelphia. We thank him for being on the show and donating one of his books, and we're going to bring him on now to Real Talk with Tanya White. Hello, Dr. Harold, how are you?
4: How are you, Sister Tanya? I'm doing excellent and so great to be on here with you.
1: Well, we're uh, glad that you uh, are going to be on here to share a nuggets of wisdom from this wonderful book, Marriage Rocks for Christian couples. So before we get started, I want you to tell us about yourself in your own words. Tell us how you got into marriage education. Why Why did you do that?
4: Okay, well, part of it is 22 years of marriage, and um, Wow, congratulations. Thank you. I'm know, very proud of, the, proud of that. I've been married to my college sweetheart for, for, um, for soon to be 23 years, and uh, so it's been a great journey, and you know, so much devastation all around even in the midst of what I have is a I experience as a really great relationship, you know, all around us so many marriages are really struggling and you know, it's just it's it hurts your heart to uh, really sit and listen to couples that are, you know, really on the verge of um you know despair, breaking up and wanting to make a difference, and sometimes it really hits close to home with relatives and things of that nature, and that's what happened to us about 10 years or so ago now, uh, really wanting to figure out, well, how can we get into this field and really try to make a difference re- right there at the ground level where people really are, and that led us on a journey to to um, further d- for formal education and, um, you know, and really work our own marriage at a new level, so so it's been a it's been an excellent process. It's certainly been a growth process. It's been a stretch process. It's all about process, right? Yeah. And, um, and so you know it's and, and so now it's you know looking at um, how to really bridge. These relationship education principles with much of my Judeo-Christian value system uh, in a way that's culturally sensitive to our our own experiences, you know, is something that uh, has been the goal. And uh, in many ways, we feel like the Marriage Rocks uh, program and Relationship Rocks model is is, is moving us closer to that goal.
1: Well, phenomenal. And you said something that caught my ear. You said uh, something about when you saw the uh, the difficulties that your family was having, and it just went over my mind as I look at my family, there are not a lot of people in my family married anymore uh, due to uh-huh. divorce. That's right. Or That's
4: right.
1: Or, um, and so that is an issue, especially in the African-American community.
4: Absolutely, well, absolutely. I mean, one of the exercises I actually do in the book, and I've heard from a number of people, that it's really been illuminating for them because what they what I've asked is people essentially do what uh, in the clinical milieu we call a genogram, but it's drawing out your family tree essentially and focusing on the marriages there uh, and or lack thereof, oftentimes, mm-hmm. and um, seeing what what the story what story does that tell you know about what what has historically happened. You know, and then we want to say that does not have to be you. That we can change the script here, and um, and so that's I think it's very instructive though to be able to look at the the past. You know, to see some of the things that we oftentimes bring into our marriages, marital relationships, unbeknownst to us. You know, that really can uh, tear it down. You know, it, it can chip away at it. Maybe I should phrase it that way and catch us unaware. And part of what we're saying is by making it more overt you know and looking at this we can prevent this you know we can do take measures interventions to really change the course before things get dire
1: wonderful if you just join us we're talking to dr harold arnold author of marriage rocks for christian couples now uh let's look at that because what you said was so true yet so simple and i think that we instinctively know that that we have to go back and look at uh, mm-hmm. what is plaguing uh the, our, our family tree, uh, our family lines on both sides.
3: Right, but we don't
1: do it. Why? Why right. don't we go back and do that, or take the time to say, "Hey," to even talk to people who whose marriages have failed. Tell us what 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 failed. What What do you think failed? Why Why don't we do that?
4: well i think it's a number of issues i mean i think one i mean a lot of a lot of us are especially in and it's not just urban centers but you know a lot of times the it's really um intensified in a lot of urban centers you know there's generations and generations um where you haven't seen a, uh, a marriage that you would consider healthy um if at all and um and when you when you live in that generation after generation there is some question what the what the normal is right i mean and so i think some of that is like who do you talk to if you don't if you have an experience that if you don't have people who've ever been in your life um or few people who've been in your life that have that represent a and what you would call an authentic marriage or a healthy marriage who do you go to go to talk to uh and so i think that's part of the part of the challenge um other reasons why not to you know why we don 't why why we don't I think sometimes we don 't even know um what we don 't know <laughs> you know I, I think it's you know it's not understanding um, kind of what kind of questions to ask, and, um, you know, I think that can mire us sometimes in, a, in a, an entrench us in a certain way of thinking and not really see that and sometimes not even be able to see some real resources that are around us in our communities like our churches. You know, maybe there are people, maybe not in my immediate family, but maybe there are people that, you know, in, my, in our churches or in the marriage ministries and things like that where, you know, if we could, if we could think, try to think out of the box a little bit, we might find those resources that could help us, even if our family of origin isn't quite, you know, what we would like it to be.
1: Yes, yes, so true. Now let's go to this wonderful book. You said the A word, which I love, authentic, and Mm -hmm. that's one of your uh, parts, uh, the the case for us. Authentic marriage. Now, let's define that. What is an authentic marriage, Doctor? Yeah,
4: exactly. I mean, what one of the things that um, you know, there's, it's multidimensional. One aspect is, look, we we don't want to get divorced. You know, we try to advocate against divorce in most cases. You know, try to make the case for you know working hard, sticking it out, and, and valuing that when it's when it's feasible. Um, and you know, it's and so, but. So divorce is one thing, but Sometimes I think, and I get disturbed because I think we orient everything around divorce, you know whether you know we're divorced or not, and I'm like, maybe that's not really the totality, or maybe that's not the whole question to ask. I feel like so many of our marriages live so far beneath their purpose and where mm-hmm. God has them designed to be and so when I talk about authentic marriage, what I'm trying to really get at is, you know where is it that God has designed our marriage and an impact for our marriage to lie, you know what is the influence that he has for it to have in our culture um, and how can we um you know how can we engage one another in a positive and an uplifting in a way that um Pushes each spouse closer to God's uh, design for that person. You know, how can we embrace emotional healing? How can, you know? We, I mean, I could go on and on, yes, but it's yes. all of those dynamics of nurturing one another in a safe context, um, and it, because of that, it, it it allows for an experience of emotional healing that then elevates our level of trust to another level.
1: Mm, if you just join our talk. With Tanya White, we're talking to Dr. Harold Arnold. And I'm sitting here listening intently, trying to take notes, but I have to go back. Uh, after the show is over, this is phenomenal information, Dr. Harold. Now, I want to go to Chapter 2, uh, uh-huh. which which really piqued my interest. The title alone says Choosing Suitability Over right. Compatibility.
4: Right, Our right.
1: Harold, that's something that we have not been used to.
4: That is exactly right. It. You're exactly right. I mean, and I think, Tanya, back to my own. Youth though know, I call it youth, but I'm thinking you know my early twenties I got married when I was twenty two and early in my early twenties, I had this idea, this checklist in my head, you know I wanted my wife you know to be good in the bedroom, good in the boardroom, I wanted to be intelligent, you know be able to cook my favorite meals, you know, and I could go down the list you know of, of all the things I wanted my wife to be you know I had this what I had in my mind what was going to make a compatible wife for me, and essentially you know i I kind of understood aspects of my personality, and so I'm thinking, you know, somebody that's compatible with me is somebody that has a lot of similarities to the things I like. So, you know, I like sports, you know, so someone that likes sports, you know, I like, you know, and I could go down the whole list of I likes, I likes, I likes, and then finding somebody that likes the things that I like, and um, to me and, and to much of our world system, I think that we we look at that as compatibility and what I try to pose in this chapter is how about if that is not really the complete picture of what God would have us to do and it really goes into the second chapter of Genesis and it builds on this uh, premise that well look God said that this help me was there for Adam and when you look at the uh, Hebrew uh, translations of this this word you end up seeing that you know that word help me. That word is about counterpart. It's it's my counterpart. And mm-hmm. then the, when when you look a little further in that verse, it says this counterpart is a person that is suitable for him. You know, now it it you, I'm, I don't want to be mincing words per se, but what it to me it's very instructive to say, well God will. Okay that counterpart is suitable for me and well what what makes in God's eyes a person suitable and God's thing is always about shaping and about mo- mo- mobilizing us toward his purposes and so when we talk about suitability we're very focused on what it is that God has designed each person to be so We need to, uh, instead of looking at this checklist in my head about uh, what makes a person compatible, we need to maybe stretch the thinking a little bit and say, what makes this person suitable for me? The challenge, though, Tanya, is oftentimes that suitable is difficult because it really you know, it it really shapes me and it forms me, and it you know it can be painful sometimes because it stretches me out of my comfort zone. Mm,
1: mm, mm. I am captivated by your information. Let me just read what <laughs> you put in here. You said compatibility is temporary, while suitability mm-hmm. is eternal. Mm-hmm. Compatibility Amen. is selfish, while suitability is selfless. Since the mm. days of creation, God's lens of Authentic partnership, I love authentic, uh, has been about suitability. If you just joined Real Talk with Tanya White, our lines are full. Um, Dr. Harold <laughs> Arnold, author of Marriage Rocks uh, for Christian Couples, uh, is giving so, some real wise advice. If you want to call in and you have a question for Dr. Harold, please call 347-215-6446 and press the number one Um Mm, I'm still, I'm going to have to go back and really, because I never looked at it that way of uh, mm. suitability mm. over, because all you hear is, are y'all compatible? I've taught it, are you right. compatible? But right. when you go back to the Bible, It says a suitable helpmate. I'm just reading Mm -hmm. it
4: right now. Mm -hmm. Wow. Amen. Amen. And I think it's so significant, Tanya, because, you know, we try, I'm not going to say there's nothing to, and my point isn't to say that we should abandon this idea that compatibility is totally irrelevant. That's not really the point at all. But really to say, you know, whether you're talking about eHarmony or some other, and nothing against eHarmony or any other dating services, but just coming up with a checklist of things that, you know, kind of. Of appease my own self-interest is really I don't think the primary point that God has in mind, you know, and so what we're trying to do is say, but how can we hone in more richly, more deeply to what God has in mind? and that's where we really want to focus in on that aspect of compa- of suitability and we and this is in a culture that is so self Centered and self-focused, and so it really is power cultural in that way. Um, and and so it takes us to keep thinking about a different mindset, a different way of looking at this. Um, and you know, it's it's. And so I'm glad that it resonates with you, and pray, praying that it resonates with many.
1: Yes, yes. Now let's go to part two. This is if you want a uh, chance to win this book, all you have to do is call 347 three four seven two one five six four four six. Press the number one. Button and say, Tanya, I need this book. I want a marriage that rocks. Uh, let's uh, part uh, part two. You says confront the enemies of your marriage. Now I know I know sometimes we don't like to think that uh, there are enemies to our marriage, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be people or situations, attitudes, issues. But mm-hmm. uh, as Joel Powell uh, uh, told us a few minutes ago, that that the enemy when we're talking about Christian marriages. Satan does come to that's divide
4: right. the union of marriage.
1: Can you explain right.
4: that that uh, part of the book? That's right. It's uh, it's so many. Satan desires to destroy us, and you know if if you if we look at what we've been talking about as far as purpose and mobili being mobilized to purpose. Well, Satan's whole point is to destroy that purpose and to to kill the the unity um, that's there, uh, and to you know, because by doing so. You know, it it hinders um, what God's what God's um, desire is for us. Uh, and so, when we talk about the enemies of our marriage, you know, in some cases we're our own enemies. You know, some of the things that we brought into the marriage, some of the things we have trouble letting go. Um, and we talk some about that in the book too. Uh, and but there's also sometimes there's unsafe people for our marriages. Sometimes it's friends, our girlfriends, our You know, our our boys, you know, they're not healthy for our marriage. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's our family members, our own siblings, or our, you know, our in-laws. You know, they, they are not safe for our marriage because... Their goal isn't to really build up our marriage in a way that is God-honoring, you know, and so there's so many dynamics, including so much of, you know, secular culture uh, that is not friendly to, um, friendly to what we've been t- describing as authentic marriage anyway. So there's a number of these um, factors that are there, but we understand as believers that they're all sin-inspired. Ultimately, God, Satan's desire is to replace God's plan for partnership and covenant with domination, power imbalances, uh, and and things of that nature. So um, we have to recognize that for what it is and and be very uh, focused and intentional in our efforts to overcome that. And really what I try to tell couples all the time is, you know, we get so focused on these issues that are there between us, and a lot of what I do is to try to help couples see that this issue is their enemy, not their spouse, you know, and as they are able to align together as allies against that issue, they're able to defeat it, Uh, and, you know, I, I don't mean to say that that's always such an easy thing to do, but it starts with recognizing that Satan desires to destroy us, and that issue between us is something that is that um, Satan is rejoicing in, and we don't want to give him that glory. And, and so we need to align in a sense of covenant, in a sense of partnership, in that sense of authentic marriage, because when we do that, we are going to be the victors.
1: Mm. Uh, we are definitely going to have to have you back. We have ten more minutes, but I'm only <laughs> going to tell Leah to uh, get you back on the skin. I am really captivated about this because I've never heard – Marriage, uh, first of all, be celebrated in this way, and Mm. first of all, uh, be taught uh, to deal with certain things so you can have, and I say this all the time, I love the word authentic marriage,
3: because uh, especially
1: in this day and age, we live in a state of superficiality uh, that happens to be fairytale ever after, so when I hear authentic, I automatically uh connect with it. We do have a call from three one five, but before we go there, I wanna go back to what you said, the enemies, uh, sometimes it's family and friends. Um and that goes to uh, another part in your book, the boundaries of your marriage. When it comes to that uh
3: uh
1: sometimes I have been on both sides when it comes to um uh, uh the marriage and everything. Uh you have to set up boundaries and that sometimes those boundaries is not uh is for you not to belittle your spouse with your family and friends. One thing That's I right. think that happens is uh, um, when people say uh, that people are against their marriage, I don't think they're really against their marriage per se sometimes. It's that the boundaries, that you've overstepped the boundaries, and you shared mm-hmm. information, and you belittled mm-hmm. your spouse
3: with That's certain right. people,
1: That's right. and they have that image in their head. So, That's uh
3: right.
1: So uh, right. sometimes it's hard to let go because they're, they're connecting with you because you've come to them in a vulnerable state, and they saw how hurt you were, and so automatically, right. they have a negative perception of that do Do you agree or disagree?
4: No, I absolutely agree. I think you hit on so many great points there, and you know, as you mentioned, um you know I talk about it in the context of covenant there but um the boundary the issue of boundary setting is vital you know from several dimensions, one personal boundaries and uh but also boundaries around us as as couples and that means, you know and what that means is you know I need things that uh um, the boundaries to help keep out unsafe people that we've been talking about, you know, because everybody doesn't have your best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, but also the boundaries have to be permeable enough that they allow in positive influences because there's so many people who have so many wonderful experiences that we can learn from if we're able to, um, you know, if we're able to let them influence us. Um, But part of that boundary setting is that we need to – we need to go and, uh, and let them um, be careful in what we say, as you were mm-hmm. just saying. We, can't, we, can, we can violate those boundaries by um, what we say to others about our spouse or some of, the, some of the harm, some of the things that we will share, you know, because of our own hurts. You know sometimes we'll share stuff with because we got emotionally wounded or something in a discussion with the spouse uh, and so we go and we we were seeking solace, we're seeking you know consolation, and we share some things, and then it's difficult for the other for the person who hears this to really be able to let it go and even after your age, you feel like you've been able to move on and let it go that other person that you shared that with might not be prepared to, you know. Yeah. And so, you, just, as you said, I think that was a great point. You really have to be willing to um, to let this go, you know, to be careful with the boundaries and what you share.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's just like going to a horrible restaurant. Uh, don't care what the <laughs> reputation is, if you've had a bad experience in there, you're going to be, you know, more apprehensive to going back. Right, uh, right, Let's right. go to uh, this New York call, 315, who's been so patient, Oh, welcome to Real Talk with Tanya White three one five. Do you have a question or comment?
0: Well, my 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 comment first is thank you for having such a show on because oh. I was just going through this rocky situation. I want to go from rocky to a solid, wholesome, healthy marriage, and I want that book.
1: Wow, you want that book? You got that book. What is your name, Carla?
0: My name is Catherine.
1: Catherine, did you just send me a Facebook?
0: Yes, I did, and send I was me. going through and with my spouse and somebody told me to go on Facebook for something else and it just kept sending me back to your page sending me back and I started reading it and I just dialed in I need that
1: you need it well
0: listen inbox me a Facebook send
1: me your uh mailing address and we will ship it out tomorrow do you have a, a question for Dr. Arnold while he's on the line
0: not really. I I just like that when he said suitability over compatibility, mm-hmm. that's very interesting. I don't really have a question. I'm just really grateful, and I hope that you have him on again. Oh, definitely. <laughs> we, no, thank a, you. Thank you. You know, y'all was talking about how we get people involved in our marriage mm-hmm. because they tell us to, but we never learn the, the power that we give to other people in our marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's
4: right. That's okay. right. And we have to be careful with even the things. And I like the way you just phr- phrased that—the power we give to other people. Um, you know, we have to be careful uh, what kind of influence we allow other people to have in our relationships. Right? I mean, we have. I mean, oftentimes, and I give some examples in you know, in the book. We give a number of uh, vignettes, couple vignettes that are composites, but they're they're composites of stories of real, uh, you know, real couples. And you know, one of the vignettes is a about some boundary issues that uh, where violations are happening and, you know, things are happening so fast that they're spiraling out of control uh, and nobody can see really what's going on. And it's right to that point that you're addressing of how important it is not to give that power to other people and to keep that in the context of the couple.
0: Exactly.
1: Well, Catherine, send, you. me your, send me your address and we will mail this out tomorrow. Thank you so much. Continue to listen, okay? I will. Thank you. Thank you. Just captivated. Uh, Give us your uh, website information, uh, Dr. Hurl, because we, we really need to go visit that and get some more information.
4: Amen. That's um, HaroldArnold.com. Uh, there are a lot of f- uh, free uh, downloadable resources there uh, related to marriage rocks, as well as the relationship rocks model, as well as other things as well. You can go to HaroldArnold.com. Uh, my, my organization. Uh, you'll see a link there also to Discovering Family, uh, which is the, my organization, and this other uh, uh, program we do called Digital Marriage uh, is something that we're trying to, you know, reach a different audience, a younger audience, you know, trying to do marriage education things through a fictional couple and the experiences that they endure, um, a relationship challenges that they have. And so uh, there are a number of things out there that I pray will be a blessing to your audience.
1: Yes. Listen, we have exactly about three minutes. And I want to close with this one. Uh, part six, uh, step 12. These are broken into 12 steps, a 12-step program. Uh, <laughs> I'm just now realizing that. And he says, uh, discovering sacred space, the rock of worship, uh, mm-hmm, cultivate mm-hmm. communities of belonging. I, I'm a very big fan of Abraham Maslow. So when I mm-hmm. when I hear one of those, uh, right. the the community of belonging, can you explain that in the context of marriage? And what oh,
4: absolutely. Um, so it's each rock, Tanya, is um, so R is redemption, O is offering, C is covenant. K is knowledge, S is sacred space. And each of those entails biblical stories and vignettes and, and ties in a, the, all of these relationship principles as well. So when we um, talk about redemption, we're talking about issues of forgiveness and agape love and unconditional commitment and how are we redemptive spouses. When we talk about offering, we're talking about different intimacy issues, emotional, uh, spiritual, and physical intimacy. When we're talking about covenant, we're talking about boundaries, as we mentioned. And then when we talk about knowledge, we talk about sharing the power of our testimonies to change lives of others, including our own children and our communities. And then with S, sacred space, it's saying, look – when we are able to embrace this idea of being redemptive spouses, when we're able to enhance this emotional, physical, spiritual intimacy, when we're able to set these healthy boundaries, when we live these authentic marriages, we represent, you know, the, 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 uh, mag- an aspect of who God is, and we are those living temples, you know, as it's it said in this the scripture and we walk in the places that we walk and we demonstrate in our marriage you know we demonstrate a power and something that is so um really foreign now becoming increasingly foreign to our culture and we are we are able to Testify to our, our experience. Testifies to our own children. You know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, and so through our marriages, as we you know add up those twenty-two years and people getting into five years and ten years, we have to celebrate that and say we're creating commun- you know creating communities that value marriage in a new way that have another level of expectation for what our marriages are going to do. You know, and believing that God is doing a new thing in here and rebuking you know what's going. What Satan is attempting. To do uh, in destroying us as a culture. Mm,
1: mm, mm. If you miss any other show, you in fifteen minutes it's gonna uh, be on the blog top. I am gonna re-listen, Doctor Harold. You have been uh, just dynamic. Like I said, I am captivated, thinking as you're as you're sharing, and I'm thinking, wow, wow, wow. Definitely, uh, this book, Marriage Rocks for Christian Couples, is a relevant, uh, refreshing, and real word for not only marriage uh, couples, but those who are seeking and positioning themselves to, for marriage uh, as Amen. singles. Uh, so we thank you for your impartation through this book. And we are definitely, like I said, I'm going to send Leah some dates right now and have Dr. Harold hour because uh, this book <laughs> is, has so much more uh, to to go through. And, um, Amen.
4: What, well, and, thank you for the opportunity to be on oh here. So you're a blessing, and, you know, I really thank the Lord for what you're doing for the kingdom.
1: Oh, my goodness. I want you to quickly, in 30 seconds, Somebody who's on the, the verge of divorce um, mm-hmm. and, and the, the marriage has been rocky from, from wedding to now. What would right. you tell them in one sentence?
4: I would say you've got to start rebuilding trust. Um, where you are in your marriage right now is almost uh, certainly because of breakdowns in trust. Some of those things are things that your spouse um, has done, some things knowingly, some things not knowingly. Some of those things are things that you've done, sometimes knowingly and not knowingly. But the bottom line is you've got to rebuild that trust. Where does it start? It starts back at the cross. It's called grace and it's called unmerited favor. And that's what Christ did for us. He keeps forgiving us seven many times seven the scripture says even though we don't deserve it and so the challenge and I and and I just pray for for all those couples who are struggling there to learn to find that trust and when they find that cross uh, and um, put that before the Lord and the marriage journey is a journey of spiritual formation as we find Christ we find our spouse as we find our spouse we find Christ in a new way
1: Hmm. we're going to end on that note we're going to follow up with you continue to just build strong marriages, and because that helps us uh, create a stronger world. Blessings mm-hmm. to you and your family, and we will follow Amen. up with you later, Doctor Harold. Thank, Thank
4: you me. so much. You be blessed.
1: You too. Wow. Mm-hmm. On that note, uh, you know, there's very few times that Tanya is left speechless. I have been left speechless tonight. Uh, if you missed anything, you find know, uh, this show. Jewel was phenomenal. Doctor Harold was just dynamic. Uh, Catherine has Doctor Harold's book. Uh, if you want Jewel's book. Join me on Facebook at Real Talk at Tanya White. We're going to close out because marriage is uh, very sacred. And sometimes, uh, instead of divorcing, we really need to try to work through those issues to stay together. So, we're going to close with Life Jitties. Let's Stay Together. Love you guys. Please hurry We're going
3: to
5: put some people back together today. <laughs> Somebody gonna thank me after this song, man. Matter of fact, I'm gonna thank me right
3: now.
5: Girl, I apologize, I'm to blame. And I can't sympathize with your pain. If I could, I'd make it go. So I concentrate on more realistic things. Like, questioning is there anything here worth salvaging? Is it over? How do we go?